Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Thank you, Doc. God bless you all. Uh, it is a great privilege to once again sit in front of you and share the word of God. And I thank Pastor Andreas for the opportunity to use the platform. So when uh, Pastor Andreas told me last, uh, it was this week on Tuesday, that uh, I will come and preach this Sunday, as I was praying to see what I am doing, uh, the Lord just put me in the same spirit with what Pastor Andreas uh, shared with us this morning at Afton Omega Fellowship here in Thailand. And uh, it was very powerful teaching, very uh, profound, and I was much blessed myself by listening to that. And what I will be sharing with you, it will be also just in connection a bit with uh, what Pastor Andreas shared this morning. Uh, yesterday, the 12th of November, it was the 17th anniversary of uh, our marriage, me and my wife, and also the 16th anniversary of our church. Because our church, uh, we started the church the day of the first anniversary of our marriage. So it's for past 16 years that we are leading a church in Cape Town. And uh, the ministry is not something easy, like other people may think, but with the grace of God, we can still serve the Lord. And as I was, Praying early in the morning all this week, I was thinking about what the Lord has done with us for the 16 years and uh, the things that we went through and the victories that we have received, the disappointment, all this stuff. One thing that the Holy Spirit ministered to me was the danger of discouragement. So what I'll be sharing with you this uh, evening for some people, morning for other people, my topic is the danger of discouragement the danger of discouragement. Discouragement by definition means the loss of confidence or enthusiasm for something. It's what they call discouragement. You, have, you lose your confidence, you lose your enthusiasm for something. And one of the greatest devices of the enemy to prevent people from pursuing their destiny is discouragement. The devil will use discouragement to prevent people to get their breakthrough or the miracle they've been expecting for a long time. So just when you are close to your breakthrough or close to that miracle, it will come with discouragement to cause you to miss it. And I will use this evening the example of David. I'll go in the scriptures to touch the life of David. And... Uh, try to illustrate clearly what I'll be sharing with you. If you read your Bible in the book of First Samuel in chapter 26, you can meditate on 26, you will see that King Saul, because of his hatred for David, rose up one day with 3,000 men, 3,000 soldiers, to go and seek for David in the wilderness to kill him. He organized a, an entire army just to kill one man. Just for one man, he, he, he put together 3,000 people 
to go and search for David and kill him. But despite of the great number of soldiers that he had, he was not able to kill David. And he did not start to kill David from that time. It was from the time that David killed Goliath. Since that time, he started to search for him, find a way to kill him. But he never succeeded to kill David. Why? Because the Lord was protecting David. And uh, when David knew that King Saul and his troop were camping on the mountain of Achilles, seeking for his life, he decided to go in the night in that camp on the mountain to where they were camping. He decided to go there to see what was happening there. I believe that it was the prompting of the Holy Spirit to lead him to the camp where Saul and his men were gathering. So now we are reading from verse 7 to 9. If you have your Bible, you can turn it with me. First Samuel, chapter 26. I'm reading from verse 7 to verse 9. So David and Abishai came to the people by night, and their soul lay sleeping within the camp with his spirit stuck in the ground by his head. And Abner and people lay around him. Then Abishai said to David, God has delivered your enemy into your hand this day. Now, therefore, please let me strike in at once with the spirit right to the earth. And I will not have to strike him a second time. And David said to Abishai, do not destroy him, for who can stretch up his hand against the Lord anointed and be guiltless? David said, furthermore, as the Lord lives, the Lord shall strike him, or his day shall come to die, or he shall go out to battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should stretch up my hand against the Lord anointed. But please take now the spear and the jug of water that are by his head and let us go. So David took the spear and the jug of water by Saul's head and they got away. No man saw it or knew it or awoke. For the Lord were, for they were all asleep because the deep sleep, because of the deep sleep from the Lord had fallen on them. So I want you to, to pay attention to two things here. I, I want to read again that place uh, when David answered his, his, his unburial. He said, uh, God, uh, verse 9, and David said to Abishai, do not destroy him. And verse 10, as the Lord lives, the Lord shall strike him. As the Lord lives, the Lord shall strike him. All his day shall come to die. All he shall go out to battle and perish. And, and the last phrase is that these people were sleeping because that sleep, the Lord had fallen, put it on them. So we see that David went in the night in the camp where Saul was, was camping with his people. He found them, all of them sleeping. And Abishai told him, look what the Lord has done for you. He has brought your enemy in your hand. Let us just finish with him 
and killed him, you will be free because this man is always after you. But David said, we cannot stretch our hand and touch the anointed of God. And he said, he said his expectation. He said, who knows? Maybe one day, let God himself kill him. Let God take him out of my way. Or he will go to the battle and die. That was his expectation. That I cannot kill him. But I believe that one day the Lord will take him out of my way. One day the Lord will kill him. Or the Lord will, will just expose him in the battle. This man will die. That was the expectation of David. So he, he, he thought like that. So now when he took, he said, let me just take the spear and the, the, the jug of water as evidence to go with it to prove so that I was very close to you, but I did not kill you. And he went on the mountain. Now he called Saul. Let's go down verse 21 to verse 25. He, 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 before that, he told Saul, King Saul, Abner, all of you, woke up. The life of the king was in danger today. I was there close to you. I could kill you, but I did not kill you because you are anointed of God. I honored your life, but you are always after me. You want to kill me, but I've done nothing wrong against you. If you doubt, check around you. Where is your speed? Where is the jug of water? I have evidence to prove you that I was there where you were sleeping. I was ready. I could kill you, but I did not kill you. When Saul heard those statements from the mouth of David, then Saul answered to David, verse 21 to verse 25. Then Saul said, I have seen return my son David, for I will harm you no more, because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Indeed, I have played the fool. And David answered and said, here is the king's spear. Let one of the young men come over and get it. May the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today, but I will not stretch out my hand against the anointed of God. And indeed, as your life was valued much this day in my eyes, so let my life be valued much in the eyes of the Lord and let him deliver me out of all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, may you be blessed my son David. You shall both do great things and also still prevail. So David went on his way and Saul returned to his place. So when David spoke to Saul, you see Saul was touching his heart and he said, I'm very sorry. Forgive me for doing this. I sin against God, even against you. Even blessed David. And he told him that, he prophesied over him that you, my son, you shall do both great things and you will still prevail. He told him that. And he told him, you can come back. I will never kill you again. But despite of the promises that the king Saul gave to David, his heart was evil. After some time, he continued again to pursue David to kill him. So in his heart, he wanted just to finish with David. So David, as we read before, he was hoping that one day God will take Saul out of his, his way. One day the Lord will deal with him, not me. I cannot kill him, but God himself will kill him. But he could not see that day coming. I believe that many of us, we can face challenges, we can face things in front of us, and we believe that there's nothing I can do, but I hope that God will deal with the situation. 
God will do it this way. And sometimes you have your own expectation because David had an expectation. For him, he knew he either this man will die in the battle or the Lord will kill him. So he had a way that for God to finish him, God must have come this way. But God was not killing Saul. Saul was still alive. And David was still running and running and running for his life. And now he got to the point that he finally got tired. David was discouraged. He was, he, he, he was exhausted. He got tired of running and fighting for his life because all his life was running from Saul. He got tired of keep trusting God for continual protection because every day, even when he sleep, he could not sleep if both eyes closed. One eye must be open. He was trusting God for continual protection. He was running every each day. And David was exhausted of trusting God for daily bread. He got exhausted. That my life is always in danger. But David forgot one thing, that despite of all the attempts of Saul to kill him, he never succeeded. The Lord's presence was always with him, but he forgot that. The Bible says in the book of First, First, First Samuel chapter 18, verse 12, that Saul was afraid of death because the Lord was with David and the Lord departed from him. Saul was afraid because he saw that this young man is carrying the presence of God in a tangible way. But David forgot that, that this man tried to kill me since I was 17 years old. He can't kill me. He forgot all this stuff. But he, he got exhausted. Why? Because he was discouraged. There was a way that he was expecting God to come through. And God was not coming through in that way. And, met, and finally, he got exhausted. And David forgot that the Lord used him even to kill Goliath and delivered Israel from the hand of the Philistine. He forgot all this stuff. He was exhausted and discouraged. And now look what discouragement led him to do. Look the result of his discouragement. Let's go to the next chapter, 1 Samuel 27. 1 Samuel 27, I'm reading from verse 1 to verse 4. The Bible says the following. And David said in his heart, this is David now speaking. David said in his heart, now I shall perish someday by the hand of Saul. He forgot that God was keeping him all this day. But himself he prophesied, you know, I believe that one day I will die in the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape to the land of the Philistine. Look the land that he chose. The land of the Philistine. The very people that he was ordained by God to kill, to destroy, the enemy of God. When he got discouraged, he said, let me run to the enemy of God to seek for comfort and protection. He said, let me go to the land of the Philistine. And Saul will despair of me to seek me anymore in any part of Israel. So I shall escape out of his hand. Then David arose and went over with the 600 men who were with him to Achish, the son of Moab, the king of God. So David dwelt with Achish at God, he and his men, each man with his household, and David with his two wives, Anoyam, 
the Israelites, and Abigail, the Carmelites, Nabal, widows. And it was told Saul that David had fled to God. So he sought him no more. You see what happened? So he decided to go to the land of the Philistine. When Saul was informed about that, he stopped seeking for him. He stopped. And one of the things that the enemy will, will, will always fight in your life is to take you out of your rest, to take you out of your destiny. The moment you give up on what God has called you to do, or you run away from the place God has ordained you to be, the devil will stop his attack in your life because his attack is to deviate you. You need to leave the ground where God has planted you. Well, as long as David was where God wanted him to be, Saul was always after him. When he decided, let me to go to the land of the Philistines, Saul said, oh, now the battle is over. I will never pursue him again. And look what happened. Before, he, he did not go alone in the land of the Philistines. The Bible said that David arose uh, with 600 men. 600 men went with him. And these men went with their wives and their children. You see what a discouraged leader can do? He can deviate the destiny of many people connected to him. It's very dangerous to be under a leader who is discouraged because his discouragement caused him not to go alone, but to bring even the people who are attached to him, their wives, their children, even his two wives and the children, all of them went to the land of the Philistines. This is the danger of discouragement. Why he took this decision? Because he was tired of running. He was tired of trusting God for continual protection. He was tired of trusting God for daily bread. He was tired of sleeping with one eye open. He was tired of all the attacks of, of Saul, but forgetting that no matter how strong Saul was coming after him, the hand of the Lord was always upon him. He just lost the consciousness of God's presence with him because he was discouraged. He was disappointed. He wanted God to come in the way he was expecting him to come. Most of the danger in our life is wanting God to do things the way we want him to do. So we want it this way. You must answer me this way. And if God does not act like that, you get discouraged. And discouragement is very, very dangerous. It's very dangerous. Many believers are finding themselves in the position where they say, it is better for me to find another alternative than to keep trusting God. I've been praying for this long time past. I've been trusting God. I, I did many things. So it's better for me to find another alternative. And you, you, can, you can fall in the trap like David, who went to associate himself with the people that he was raised to destroy. He went down as a hypocrite. He hide, he changed his, his identity. He pretended that he was not David for them to accept him. He went there to beg for favor, to beg for protection. All the Lord was already protecting him. Sometimes people say, I try all my best. It seems like there is a wall of opposition in front of me. It's better for me to just give up and go find comfort somewhere else. David went to find protection among the Philistines who were the enemies of God's people. So discouragement is very, very dangerous. When I was speaking, why am I speaking about the, the, the power of discouragement? Because 
I, 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 I'm thinking about the 16 years of ministry in Cape Town. And as I was giving thanks to God yesterday, and I realized the biggest battle that I faced during the 16 years was discouragement. So I'm speaking from something that is in my life, from experience, something that I went through and I learned from the Lord. So when I was receiving things from Pastor this morning, it was like uplifting me again because he was giving us the, the testimony of 56 years of ministry and the things that you went through. So that was, it was like something like, like fire in my heart to know that there are things that we must learn to deal with them if we want to stay in the calling of God and fulfill our destiny here on earth. Discouragement, I put some points here. Number one, discouragement can lead you to compromise. This is the first thing that I learned. Discouragement can lead you to compromise. You see, David compromised. He went to associate with the Philistine. He compromised. He knew that these people are the enemies of God. They are not covenant people of God. I cannot fellowship with them. But he went to them to seek for protection. So when discouragement starts attacking your life, it will quickly lead you lead you to, to compromise if you are not wise. You can give up. And I remember at the beginning of our ministry, I think it was the second year or the third year, we were using uh, the chapel of an Anglican church here in Cape Town. They gave us the chapel, beautiful chapel for free. They told me you can use it. We went there, we wanted to rent. They told us, no, you can do it. Just a new church, you can use it for free. And when I began to serve in that place, at the beginning, we were in our church speaking French and English. So that Anglican church, they had the plan for a long time to have a church that will be in French or to have a church of uh, foreigners people who are black people to use the chapel. So they were looking just a pastor who will take over that ministry. So when they saw me doing my ministry and the church was at the beginning and the people were coming, one day they called me at the office with my wife. They told me, Pastor Frank, we have a proposition for you. For a long time, we had a plan that we want a church to come, uh, to build a church here that they will be using or speaking also French and other languages with people from Africa. And uh, we have the resources from that. We, we see that what you are doing is already good. Can you just take over that position, but bring your church, make it now Anglican church. You are now part of, you become Anglican church, but you carry on with your people. And then this is the contract. They told me, we're gonna give you this salary, give you the car, we pay your rent, all this stuff. We sit on the table, they were spending, I was just looking at them. And it was the beginning of my ministry. I did not have nothing, no income, nothing. And the proposition were very, very good. So now, in my heart, I, I told them politely, okay, thank you. Give me time. I will go and pray about it and come back. But I knew I cannot say yes, and I knew I cannot come back for that. When I went out, I began to think myself, say, I'm not Anglican. We don't, we don't, we don't have the same doctrine. Because when I was there, they told me, please, Pastor Friend, to use our chapel, but don't pray in tongues. We don't believe in tongues. Don't pray for the sick people in our building. 
So don't do deliverance in our village. So there were certain things they told me to don't do. And I was not doing them. I was just doing them at home, but not at the church. So now if I accept to become Anglican, it means that I had to change, to put away everything that I believe in the Bible. And I, I will have also to bless homosexual marriage because what they believe, they do it. I see, I see them doing that. And then I say, no. I spoke with one of my friend pastor. They told me, no, Pastor Frank, you don't have salary. You don't even see. They are offering something good. You get to take it. And because I was pushing with my ministry, a discouragement was there. Discouragement wanted to push me to compromise. Then I said, no. The Holy Spirit comfort me. No, stay on your ground. Don't change your belief. Stand for the word of God. Say no to these people. And then when I said no, they told me I have to leave the building. So God opened a door for us to have another place. So I realized that discouragement is very dangerous. It can lead you to compromise. And even when we left three years ago, I think, no, no, two years ago, no, after COVID, we left that place many years ago. But I met again that pastor in the mall. And then it was, Pastor Kung, how was the ministry? At that time, it was I was again discouraging my heart for pushing more than... 14, 15 years. And now he met me, told me, you remember our, our, our proposition for that we told you since 2007, it's still on. If you want it, you can still come. We have a lot of resources. Now you can bring your church there and become Anglican. Then I looked at him. I said, okay, I will, I will talk. Then I left. And I see the power of discouragement can push you to compromise. David compromised because he was discouraged. When someone is discouraged in the business, in the ministry, in your marriage, you are discouraged, you can compromise this. Number two, discouragement can lead you to neglect your calling. When you are discouraged, you can neglect your calling. You can reject it because of discouragement. Look at Joshua after Moses died. Before Moses died, the Lord spoke to Joshua, lay your hand. I spoke to Moses, lay your hand on Joshua, pray for him. And Joshua was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses laid his hand on him. He knew that I'm the one who will take over after Moses. But when Moses died, he was, he was no longer there. Joshua could not stand up. He was so discouraged. He was so down. He forgot that I'm the one that, that received the laying of the hand. I can take over. He was so discouraged until God came to say, Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Stand up. You are the one going to take this people to the other side of the river Jordan. And he told him, be courageous. You understand? You were discouraged. Wake up. Don't neglect your calling. Pick it up and move. So many times when we are discouraged, we sit there. We don't want to receive what God has called us to do. We start thinking too much because of discouragement. We see a man like Gideon. Gideon was discouraged, man. And when the Lord appeared to him in the book of uh, Judges, chapter 6, verse 12 to 14, the angel of the Lord approached him, and, and, and the Lord said to him, let me read that in the book of uh, Judges 6, 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, no, no, let's start from verse 12, verse, verse uh, 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. This is the way that God was seeing him, a mighty man of valor. 
Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers taught us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in the might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. If I not sent you. So you see God appearing to Gideon. He called him the man of valor. He was a man chosen by God to save his nation. But because he was discouraged, he could not pick up, receive his calling. They called him the man, mighty man of valor. So who is mighty man of valor? Me. Where, where are all those miracles that the Lord has taught us? Where, where is this God? So he started doubting God. He could not accept. This is the danger of discouragement. The Lord told him, go, I will be with you. I have chosen you. I'm sending you. He pushed him to accept. Number three, discouragement can cause you to question God's integrity. When you are discouraged, you start questioning God's integrity. Many times we, we start praying, Father, is you really who told me to be in this marriage? Is you who told me to be in this ministry? Is, is, is it your will for me to be in this country? Is it your will for me to do this business? Because you are discouraged, you're expecting things to happen in a certain way. When it's not happening like that, you start now questioning, well, where is God? Is this thing really true? Is God hearing my prayers? If God was really powerful, why this is happening? If God was with me and Jeremiah was complaining, like said, God, why my pen is still carrying on in the book of Jeremiah? Jeremiah 15, you can read 15 to uh, 18. He asked God, will you be for me like a stream of water that you cannot rely on? Are you a liar? He's like telling God, are you a liar? Why you told me all this stuff? Because of you, I live alone. Because of you, I sanctify myself. But why all these things are happening to me? And he questioned God's integrity. Will you be a liar for me or what? What is going on? This is what happened to us many times. You start questioning, maybe I did not hear God well at the beginning. Maybe I'm at the wrong place. Maybe, and, and because of discouragement, you can give up on your calling. Discouragement will hinder your progress for and productivity. You stop producing, you stop progressing. You say, no, uh, I'm very discouraged. And you go down. Your productivity can go down when you are discouraged. Because you see, this is not what I was expecting. And the number five, discouragement can cause you to lose your spiritual fire. When you are discouraged, you lose your spiritual fire. If you, you study the story of David, because I was reading this book of First Samuel to see the life of David, what happened to him. When you go deep and read the life of David, you will see that the time that he went in the camp of the Philistine, he lost his spiritual fire. He was disconnected automatically from God's presence. In that season, he was not connected with God because he was not at the place God wanted him to be. He, he, he went astray. He associated with the enemies of God and automatically he lost his fire because he was discouraged. And in that season, if you, you study it, there was no song of praise or worship or prophetic word, nothing written by David. The time he was there in the land of the Philistine, he could not receive any inspiration from God. No song written by him, 
no worship written by him. He was disconnected completely. He lost his spiritual sensitivity and inspiration. Most of the time when we are discouraged, we drop our hands, we lose our spiritual fire, we lose revival. And people who are discouraged, they don't want to pray anymore. They say, why, why, why will I pray? Because I, I pray that nothing is happening. Let me just sit and see what will happen. Because of discouragement, you would like to go, let me find a comfort zone. Let me go to another place. Let me try to find another alternative. And as a result, you will lose your spiritual sensitivity. Naturally, in that time when David was in the land of the Philistines, naturally, it was the easiest point in his life where he was no longer afraid of soul. There was no enemy to fight. There was no running. He was not called to trust God for daily protection or daily bread. No, he was in an easier time of his life. But spiritually, he was in the lowest point of his life. Sometimes when you are in the challenging moment, you find yourself like you are still spiritually tuned. You are connected to God. But most of the time, when you are in the easiest time of your life, is the time that you got distracted and you lose revival, you lose fire. His spiritual life was, was no longer stretched like it used, to be, it used to be before. His life was no longer, because when he was in his land attacked by soul, his spiritual life was stretched. Remember, your faith needs to be stretched in order for it to be effective. Your faith needs to be stretched. You need certain challenges. You need to stand your ground. When your faith is stretched, it's effective. But when you are in the comfort zone, you don't use much your faith. You know, things are fine. I'm secure here. I'm comfort here, comfortable here. And your faith will not be effective like before. This is what happened to David. He was in a comfort zone under the covering of the Philistine. No more soul to attack him. Nothing against him. He did not trust God for bread. He had bread. He had favor with them. And he lost the fire. So I want to tell you, no matter what you are facing in life, as long as you still have God's presence with you, don't give up. Amen. Don't give up. Never get discouraged. As long as the presence of God is tangible with you, don't give up. This is the sign. This is the only thing that can motivate you to keep going on. When you see and you are very conscious that God is with me and you can experience his tangible presence, his anointing, his grace, his glory on you, no matter the challenge, don't give up. Don't cry. Don't, don't turn your way. Don't accept the easiest way. Just say, stay on your ground. So this is what I learned for the 16 years, that discouragement will come, but as long as you feel God's presence, stay there. Stay there. Because God's presence is more important than any other thing in life. It's more important than any other thing in life. I learned that the presence of the Lord, I want you to pay attention to this. The presence of the Lord in the valley is better than his absence in the palace. If you are in the valley of the shadow of death, if you are in the valley where there's no water, nothing, but with God's presence, that place is better than his absence in the palace. 
the presence of the Lord in poverty is better than his absence in abundance. You may have abundance, but with the absence of God, God is not with you there. But even in poverty, when the presence of God is with you, it will still provide. It will still make a way because the key is his presence with you in that condition. The presence of the Lord in sickness is better than his absence in good health. You may be sick, but the Lord is with you. You are much better than someone without God's presence, but is healthy. His life is in, is in danger. The presence of the Lord is the key in any situation in your life. As long as God's presence is with you, stay strong. Don't give up. I will finish by telling you two statements, my encouragement to you, what the Lord spoke to me also. God told me, Frank, turn your desperation to devotion. All your desperation, turn them to devotion, and you will experience the move of God in your life. Number two, he told me, turn your fears to praise. Turn your worries to worship, and you will experience the glory of God. Recently, we, we had certain challenges in our church, the place that we are renting, other people coming to practice witchcraft and many things there, and they start complotting against me to attack me spiritually and physically. And when I, I was aware of all this stuff, I, I was so touched. And I spoke with uh, my team at the church. Their first reaction, they told me, we have to leave this place. This is what they told me. Then I told them, let me speak with my spiritual father. I have to speak with Pastor Anders to tell my spiritual oversight. I sent Pastor Anders the email to explain to him the situation. And when we met, the Lord spoke to me through his mouth. told me, Frank, stand on your ground. You don't need to panic. You don't need to be afraid of these people. You pray. You look at the road. Stand on your ground. You will not live there. They are going to live there. So I went with this word in my heart that I don't need to be discouraged. The Lord is with me. And let me stand my ground. Let me keep, instead of me keep complaining in my heart, I want to turn my desperation to devotion. I want to focus on my relation with God, reading his word, praying in the spirit, and trusting God. And after a week, one of the, 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 the group there left. His person has told me, you will not live there. They are going to leave. So you see, when you are discouraged, I could take the entire church with the family drive them out of the place that God has put us because I'm this the same thing with David. You can take all the people out, not yourself. You bring all the people, not let us move. But it's not God telling you to move. But when you turn your fears to praise, instead of being afraid, you begin to praise the Lord, to confess his word, to worship. Instead of being worried, turn your worries to worship. And the glory of God will manifest. So this is what I want to encourage all of us here. And uh, when you will also listen what Pastor Andreas preached this morning, take uh, things even will publish that teaching also, you will receive more, more of the keys, more of the elements. It will bless you. So what I, I brought is just one part to encourage us that every day in your life, remember discouragement is a poison. 
is something very dangerous. Don't give a room to it. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.